1: now
3: Welcome, welcome everyone. My name is Sean, and I was hoping that this first video of 2024, I would actually be broadcasting to you guys out there in the audience from the new studio space, the new location that I am currently setting up, but alas, I have been called here, returned here, to discuss this video for Sam Cedar because Sammy Boy and his crew have decided to go full crime denial to sort of mention my name while doing so, and I figured I might as well make fun of them and their inability to read charts and of course how they just regurgitate information that supports their theories about the world without even fact-checking it in the most rudimentary way but before we do thank you to everybody who signed up over at actualjusticewarrior.com slash join
0: give me the money give you give me the money Okay?
3: And thank you to the podcast listeners. Spotify, Apple, and Google's podcasting platform. This video from the Majority Report is pretty similar to the video that we recently covered from David Pakman about how crime is down. And again, I will put forward the same question that I put forward in that video, which is, of course, down compared to what? We recently had an undeniable, yet Sam Cedar and Emma Viglin both deny it, spike in crime in this nation. It was disproportionately felt in big cities. So a drug drop-off to higher than 2019 levels is technically down, but it would still be elevated since that drop-off is from the new baseline. But, you know, I only explained this to Sammy Boy On our little stream, I explained this to Emma Viglin as well, and apparently they still don't get it, and they're going to not really understand what I was saying and not be able to repeat back my points in this particular video, which just goes to show you how garbled the leftist brain is. But maybe, just maybe, they have some data, they have some studies, they have some paperwork in order to support their positions, so I could be proven totally wrong by this Sam Cedar video. ATX
5: Kid, good morning mr crew hope it's a wonderful hump day thank you brian from chicago crime is down but my entire twitter feed is full of videos of minorities doing crime it's definitely not because i'm liking and commenting racist (laughs) stuff it has to be the george floyd effect
6: should we should we cover that yes um
5: folks we've had you know we've we've covered this quite a bit and at one point we had a debate with the real crime justice warrior what is it what is actual Actual justice uh, warrior warrior. or you Um, did
6: and i also uh you know he was kind of a he was, he was Tim Pool's backup, uh, for, right. from when I, when I debated him. And Tim needed another person to help him out.
3: So right there, we got the name check. Thank you, person in the back who definitely remembered my YouTube channel's name. I really appreciate it. And Emma, I don't know why you're so weird about the culture war podcast, whatever. It is always positioned as Tim moderating a discussion between two people. You wanted to argue with Tim, and I had no problem with you arguing with Tim based on whatever stupid things you wanted to argue about. The <laughs> obviously you weren't interested in getting into the crime debate because every time you put forward a stupid position in that conversation i addressed it immediately and you wanted to move on to tim's song or the shape of tim's beanie or whatever the hell you wanted to talk about so relax it's okay i'm sorry i was there i'm sorry i broke up your little piano recital i'm sorry you wanted to be in the compound with timothy all by yourself but it is what it is what happened happened we're j- j- just chill just chill okay and
5: and uh, the, the- the of our argument was, um he was saying that we have this massive rise in crime because of the, the so-called uh, thing he made up called the George Floyd effect.
3: So a lot of people say that Sam Cedar's a bad guy, Sam Cedar's a mean guy, and all that, but honestly, I do not see it at all whatsoever. He just said that I made up the George Floyd effect, like I coined the term, and I will happily take credit for that, even though it's not the case, even though it's kind of just the Ferguson effect repurposed with George Floyd, you know, bigger Black Lives Matter incident, bigger bigger problems in our country. Which,
5: presumably, um... Cause all this massive reform and cuts to policing, or just
6: uh, demoralized police. Or it's like broken windows theory, just re-read.
3: And to his point right there, it's not really an either-or, it's actually a combination of the two. You have demoralized police, you did have funding cuts and other reforms passed in various states in the union that caused the police officers to leave. It is well documented that we have a dearth of recruiting, and in their particular absence, you ended up with a spike in crime, specifically a spike in homicide, which actually spiked more significantly than violent crime. And it was 30% in the nation as a whole, 47% in cities like New York City, around 39 to 40% in Los Angeles, and other major cities saw bigger spikes that were ahead of the national average. But yeah, if you want to give me credit for coining the term George Floyd effect, Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Or
5: I I think he was saying it was because of police reform and we needed to hire more police because of this. I don't I I don't know. But one of the problems I had with his premises, I'm like, well, crime is up, but it's actually starting to fall again. And it's also conceivable that the first pandemic that we've lived through in 100 years may have, you know, tossed and turned society a little bit and created uh, different pressures and different and whatnot. And that crime is going down. He's like, that is not happening that is not happening. It's just a tiny bit. It's not uh, below uh, where it was. And look at what's happening at all the retail stores.
3: Now, honestly, on first watch, I thought he was mischaracterizing me more than I thought. But now that I watch it back for this video, I was saying that it hasn't gone back down to 2019 levels. This is actually a solid characterization from Mr. Sam Cedar, even though he's doing that annoying voice, which may actually be his own voice. I don't actually watch his show all that often, but yeah, crime went up dramatically it started to decline after 2021 in the 2022 numbers which by the way we will get into a little bit later but the the decline was against the giant increase that that was the point i was making that point has yet to be refuted by anyone but whatever now he's going to move on to retail stores which again we'll we'll talk about as he talks about it don't worry and
5: look at what's happening at all the retail stores Well, CNBC actually looked at one of the biggest retail stories. uh, That was when Target said that they were closing nine stores because of crime to to keep their um, employees and their customers safe. Now, we should also say that the Association of Retail uh, Stores came out and yeah. said we had to amend our report on crime in stores and loss because it turns out that it wasn't really necessarily crime that we sub- uh, we had this loss from.
3: So I've been waiting for somebody to mention this in a video that I actually wanted to respond to so that I could refute it because I've seen this out there on the internet.com and it's always 100% of the time mischaracterized in the same way that Sam Cedar mischaracterized it. So the National Retail Federation or the National Federation of Retailers, who really cares, did in fact amend their 2020 report where they stated that something like 50% of the shrink was due to organized retail theft. Now, their amending of that previous report was just amending out the organized portion of that report. And anybody who saw that at the time, including me, never reported that 50% of the theft that was going on or 50% of the shrink was due to organized retail theft. In fact, I remember specifically having a direct message exchange with somebody who wanted to do a report on organized retail theft. And I sent them this report over and I said, listen, their numbers based on the surveys, you can compare the billions lost before the the black lives matter riots to after but their characterization is quite questionable and the reason i did that is because i knew that organized retail theft is actually a detective's determination whether or not this is an organized group and what's actually important is what level of shrink is due to shoplifting or retail theft and the organized thing is just something that is always going to be fungible and in fact what happened here in particular was that two different numbers were combined the national retail vet Conducted their survey as they did every year. They came up with about $94 billion in losses due to shrink, which is not theft. And they estimated in the same report that the majority report is pretending is discredited that 37% of that was due to external theft. Then some guy testifies in Congress that 45 billion dollars in losses, half of all shrink, this is where the number comes from, is due to organized retail theft. That gets plastered in the report even though the actual data set that says something completely different is also in the report. So this was an obvious mistake to notice if anybody read the report because both contradicting statements were initially in there. So what the NRF did was they got rid of that half of all shrink is due to organized retail theft because they were also saying in the very same report that 37% of shrink is due to external theft. And both of those things obviously can't be true. Also, it was a complete outlier from their other reports that reported no Such high percentage of organized retail theft as a portion of shrink the year before or the year after.
5: Um, But here is this story about Target that was behind the closures.
3: Tyler, if Target was trying
7: to prioritize worker and, you know, customer safety, they would have closed the stores that are still open. What my investigation found is that the stores that Target chose to keep open in nearby locations um, actually had way higher crime incidents than the ones that they closed. So what we did is I pulled public records from all the police departments that saw store closures that was going to be in Seattle. Portland, New York City and San Francisco Bay Area. And so what you'll see is that the stores that were closest to the ones that it closed had higher crime incidents in all but one case. So we have data on 21 stores. Only one store that closed had higher crime than the one that it kept open nearby.
5: So so why were the ones that didn't have the highest crime the ones that got closed?
7: So there's a lot of factors that could be at play here. And, you know, what's important to point well, out there's
5: underperformers?
7: That's what it looks like. Um, you know, some of these stores were in uh, had less foot traffic than other ones. Like the San Francisco store is a really great example. The one that they kept open was in the heart of San Francisco's tourist and shopping district right there in Union Square. It's packed. And then the one that they closed was downtown near a highway. Um, homeless encampments had set up nearby. It had way less foot traffic. It was just a quieter part of town. And you can see that in different parts. And there was also some
5: cannibalization. But it wasn't that it had higher theft.
7: It didn't have higher theft.
5: It didn't have higher theft. Based the one on, in, in, in Union Square uh, had higher exactly. theft. Exactly. Higher foot traffic, more people, higher theft, compared with the one in the in the relative backwater where there was more homelessness, where there was less foot traffic.
7: Exactly. And the reason why this is a story, I mean, a retailer can close a store. There's a whole lot of business reasons why a retailer may close a store. But when Target made this announcement, first of all, it's not news when a retailer closes nine stores, especially one of Target size. They do this every single year. But they sent out a big press release saying that cr- organized retail crime was threatening the safety of guests and employees. And for that reason, they couldn't keep the stores open anymore. And if that was really the case, then they would have closed the other stores because those appear to be a lot more dangerous. I suppose okay, there have we so go.
6: Well so there it
5: is, in- ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you have... Um, basically some executives trying to tell their shareholders uh it was crime's fault not the fact that we just chose bad locations or whatnot
3: so i like the fact that uh sam cedar and the majority report crew decided to play this particular clip from cnbc and of course unlike most people out there in their audience i actually watched the full clip because it doesn't actually tell the story that sam and emma and the whole crew are hoping that it tells now of course obviously based on this woman's research there are more incidents of reported theft at stores that were kept open with higher foot traffic versus the theft instances at stores that were closed that had lower foot traffic, and notably there was one that had a very large homeless encampment near it, and it was near a highway, and there was just not a lot of foot traffic right there, and I wonder if at all those things could be connected in any way, shape, or form, but don't worry, Sam's got his explanation, and we'll hear his explanation, and then I'll play you the rest of the segment that sam didn't play because they actually explained this but you know let's hear sammy boy's explanation
5: some executives trying to tell their shareholders uh it was crime's fault not the fact that we just chose bad locations or whatnot
3: now look this should go without saying in fact you guys should already understand what was being stated in that cnbc segment and to be fair target was kind of lying about trying to protect their customers and trying to protect their employees obviously they closed the stores that were the least profitable but is it possible you should ask yourself for a store to have lower raw number instances of theft but be more impacted by each of those instances thus theft and overall crime could be the root cause of why that store closed. Let let us find out if that's even thrown out there in the very same CNBC segment.
6: Suppose if I were them, I could say, well, in some locations, maybe the crime is more of a threat because the locations are inherently more unsafe, like you described, a little bit more off the beaten path. And the other thing is, if they're less profitable stores than the theft, you know, theft per sales per square foot or something might look a little bit different than just overall levels, you know, blanket levels.
3: Now, look, this should not require an explanation unless you work, I don't know, at the majority report or in progressive media. But I'm going to explain it to you guys with simple numbers so that you can understand what is actually going on here. Let's say you have two different stores. We'll call them both Target because Target is the store that we're talking about. And store number one has 10,000 sales a month. I know Target wants way more, but trust me, keeping the numbers simple makes this much easier. And with that 10,000 sales a month, they have 60 instances of theft. Now, 60 instances of theft against 10,000 sales, obviously, proportionately, not. that large, pretty small percentage. We can all understand that. Now, let's say there's another Target store. This store is not doing so well in the sales. They have a 1,000 sales a month, but they only have 30 instances of theft. Now, according to the analysis put forward initially by the CNBC report, that store with 10,000 sales a month with the 60 thefts has more theft instances, raw number of theft instances than the other one. But we know based on the proportionality that each of those other instances, those 30 against the thousand sales, they tend to hit harder because they're a larger portion of the sales. This is all that was proved by the CNBC places that stores that had more foot traffic to compensate for the elevated levels of theft remained open because they were still profitable, even despite the theft. While stores that had lower levels of foot traffic may have had a homeless encampment deterring people from going into that store could tolerate less theft per their sales or per whatever measurement, obviously because those theft instances cut into their profits significantly more. That's all that was proved right there. That, that was it.
6: And the other thing is if they're less profitable stores, than the theft, you know, theft per sales per square foot yes. or something might look a little bit different than just overall levels, you know, blanket levels.
7: Yeah, that's absolutely true, Kelly. And also it's important to point out that my data doesn't show the full picture.
3: Now, to give credit to the CNBC reporter, she acknowledges that her data is not the whole picture. She acknowledges what was put forward by the other reporter, that obviously those theft instances could be doing more damage to the stores that are already underperforming comparatively and that could be the thing that puts it over the top causing that store to close that's all in the original segment conveniently left out by sam cedar and the majority report but you just saw it for yourself now let's go back to sammy boy and his celebration that target is totally not getting stolen from and they're just closing stores because they they, they don't don't know what we even think about it
5: there it is ladies and gentlemen uh you have Um, basically some executives trying to tell their shareholders, uh, it was crime's fault, not the fact that we just chose bad locations or whatnot. And this story just kept getting propelled and propelled. And we saw it in the context. Everybody was dipping in and using it. There's a crime spree across the country, there's um, uh, retail outfits, this is why we're having losses, this is why we got to raise prices.
3: Now when Sam says everybody was using it, that's not exactly true. Even though I did talk about retail theft and I did show you individual cities' data, the reason I did that, instead of showing you national data or going to the National Federation numbers, except when we were talking about the dollar amount is due to the fact that only a few cities in this nation actually break down their theft into the category that gets us a retail theft number. So I'm often a fan of showing you guys this chart from the John Jay College of Criminal Justice. This is a chart of theft of all different categories of New York City, which shows you that overall property crime is down and or flat. But retail theft is up 77% since the Black Lives Matter riots. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's get into Sammy Boy's charts.
5: Put up the uh, other graph. Uh, And now uh, the FBI has uh, put out uh, more information. Do the whole um, uh, 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 piece by uh, Kevin Drum. Uh, Because you can see this here. Violent crime in the United States from 2012 to 2003. Um, This also is the same, not just uh, for murders, but other violent crime. 2023. We only have up until uh, through September, so this is a, uh, you know, we don't have October and uh, November in these uh, statistics.
6: And I'll just say but, you can't really see the y-axis part there, but it says rate per hundred thousand people. That's what the 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 uh, uh, numbers on the left indicate.
5: But the bottom line is that violent crime. ...is down, and we should say other uh, crimes are down as well, Uh, carjackings and uh, whatnot.
3: So there's a few things I want you guys to understand about this chart so we can avoid confusion. As Sam said right there, this data only goes up to September 1st, which is interesting because David Pakman was at least able to provide data up to October 1st, but whatever, that's not really the main issue right here. The main issue is this dotted line right here that shows crime descending all the way down, lower to levels that we've never seen throughout our entire history. This is just indicative of the fact that the data only goes up to September. It is not actually the drop. The chart is kind of made deceptively in that way, among other deceptions in this piece that I happen to find with rudimentary research that Sam Cedar seems to be incapable of.
5: The raw data, here it is. According to the FBI, through September, violent crime is down 15% in big cities and down 8% overall. Murder is down 25%. Uh, in big cities, 16% overall. Property crime, which was so important to uh, crime uh, justice warrior, mm-hmm. um, is down 6% this year. Burglary is down 12%. Both property crime and violent crime are on track, and to be fair, we're not there yet, but they are on track to be at their lowest levels in, you ready? Not one year, not two years, not even going back to 2019, but 50 years.
3: Sam is so excited about this. And I just want to point out that we do have the homicide data. The homicide data is the most reliable data that we can get from reporting. And homicide actually nationwide went down with the completed numbers that Sam could have had access to at the time that he recorded this video by 12%, which is a good thing. And by the way, in the previous year, 2022, homicide went down about 7%. So let's just do some quick maths on the homicide issue. And then I'll move on to this chart. And specifically, Specifically that 50-year claim. Now, as I've told you a million times on this channel, in 2020, we saw the largest year-over-year increase in homicide in American history. It was about 30%. And this was followed by a 6% increase from that new elevated baseline in 2021. And in 2022, we saw a 7% decline. And now that we have the new numbers for 2023, as of right now, we saw a decline of about 13%. So let's do some quick maths so you can understand that homicide is still up, despite what Sam Cedar is trying to tell you. Now, let's make the numbers really simple. Let's say there were 100 homicides, then you had a 30% increase. That gives you 130. Then you get a 6% increase on top of that, and that is 137.8 homicides. So, over two years, that's about a 38% increase from our...
1: Order now fighterflare.com Flare.com
3: Original baseline of a hundred. Now we gotta take out seven percent, which gives us about 128.1. And again, even though it's 12.8 percent in some of the reports, we'll just round it up to 13. It will be fairer to the Sam Cedar side of the equation. And we deduct that from our baseline right here. Now that gives us a grand total of 111.5, meaning that homicide nationwide is still elevated by 11 and a half percent. Again, the trick that they always use is they pick a point. They say crime down from that point point, but the question that you need to always ask yourself is down compared to what? Compared to the 2019 levels, we are still elevated. This is the point that I made to Sam Cedar. This is the point that I will continue to make. I will acknowledge that we're seeing a good trajectory for the nation. It could be worse. We could be going up, but we are still elevated, and this is the problem that I'm identifying in the nation.
5: Which was so important to uh crime uh, justice warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, is down 6% this year burglary is down 12%. Both property crime and violent crime are on track. And to be fair, we're not there yet. But they are on track to be at their lowest levels in, you ready? Not one year, not two years, not even going back to 2019, but 50 years. 50 years.
3: So first of all, I just want to say... I absolutely love this. I love this in every possible way, in ways that you cannot possibly understand, and ways that I'm kind of a little bit ashamed of, because the way that Sam says this, the way that everybody in the peanut gallery is so excited for the nearly 50-year claim is just so beautiful to me, because I'm actually aware of the crime data from 50 years ago, and I know that this claim is objectively stupid. It's idiotic. Only a buffoon with a team of people who only deal in confirmation bias and never fact check anything would present this in the way that Sam Cedar decided to present this. Because if we go 50 years ago to the 1970s, what you'll find out is that each and every year on this chart, not just 2023, every single year, 2012 through 2023, is lower than every single year in the 1970s. Now, if you'll remember, Emma the Buffoon made sure to tell you, because their graphics department cut off part of this chart, that this chart was violent crime per 100,000 residents. And
6: I'll just say, you can't really see the y-axis part there, but it says rate per 100,000 people. That's what the... the
3: uh, w- uh, numbers on the left indicate this is not unusual this is how we measure crime and as you can see with this chart which i pulled up a better copy so you could see both the x and the y axis shows us that not one year of any of the years shown 2012 to 2023 did we see the violent crime rate go over 400 incidents per 100 000 residents not one year here at all now by comparison and we look at these charts and i know they look a little bit different but if you look at the sourcing on the bottom they're both from the fbi's uniform crime report and what we could see except for maybe 1970 itself which by the way has crime at in and around 398 instances of violent crime per 100,000 residents every single year is over 400 instances per 100,000 meaning that crime every single year here is already lower than 50 years ago being the 1970s now even though there's no chart here for property crime I decided that I was going to go out of my way and look this up as well look at the 1970s levels and it turns out there were over 3,500 instances of property crime per 100,000 residents in the United States of America for each and every year throughout the 1970s and we actually dropped below that level back in 2004, and we never even came close to reaching that again. And by the way, this shouldn't be surprising, because if you look at the data, violent crime never spiked in the same way that homicide did in the first place. In 2019, we had 363.9 instances of violent crime per 100,000, that moved up to 385.2 in 2020, then to 377.6 in 2021, and then for 2022, it was at 369.8 instances per 100,000 so it's a spike but it was nowhere near the 30 percent spike that we saw in homicide in 2020 this is why you would see headlines saying murder is up to a high point over the last 10 years or maybe the last 25 years depending on which city you live in but violent crime is relatively unchanged and the same is true for overall property crime obviously with the caveat related to possible retail theft and definitely related to grand theft auto also as i pointed out in the David Pakman video, we are actually transitioning from the Uniform Crime Report to a new reporting system from the FBI based on the National Incident Reporting System database. And because of that, we're seeing less and less law enforcement agencies participate in the UCR. As I pointed out in that video, the drop-off from 2021 was around 16,000 agencies versus 14,000 agencies, aka 2,000 law enforcement agencies no longer reporting under the UCR, and this has caused complications with the UCR data that we will address at the end of this video.
5: Not one year, not two years, not even going back to 2019, but 50 years. 50 years.
3: So what we find out right here is that we had an idiot that decided that he wanted to deny crimes and he was going to put out an article and he wanted a bold statement and in that bold statement he didn't want it to say 3 years, he didn't want it to say 10 years not even 25 years he decided that he was going to make his bold statement as big and round number sounding but not too far in the past to the point where you guys get confused out there in the audience and start to question it and peg it in and around 50 years but the problem is He didn't look at what the crime rates were in these specific categories that he chose to highlight 50 years ago. Because had you done that, you'd realize how asinine this comparison actually is. But thank you, Sam, for saying it so boldly and so confidently with your whole entire team not fact-checking a single thing about it.
5: 50 years. Now, what I take from this is that there was an anomaly. Now, unless at the end of 2022... There was some structural change that happened Mm -hmm. that had happened back in 20, the end of 2020, let's say
6: people realize how much they love cops, I guess.
5: Well, my point being that if there was a George Floyd effect and we all these cops got demoralized and there were less cops, then for crime to and and that was the reason why crime shot up Mm -hmm. for crime to have dropped you would have had to seem some counter effect. Yeah. That would have been the anti-George Floyd effect where people or cops were rehired in the same numbers that they were supposedly fired, even though they weren't. Um, and that's why crime has dropped so dramatically. What I
3: love about this is that after Sam reads that 50-year number without questioning it at all, despite the fact that it's completely ridiculous and I just refuted it. He then starts shooting off at the mouth about police officer hiring versus police officer firing or actually leaving the force. Not a lot of officers were actually fired. And he pretends like officer levels did not decrease, even though that is clearly and obviously the case. In fact, the Department of Justice actually put out a report in 2023 of April that shows exactly what Sam is saying didn't happen happening so according to this analysis which asked law enforcement agencies to report their staffing levels in january 2023 what they found out was that there was a 4.8 percent decline in force numbers compared to three years ago this would be january of 2020 before the pandemic before the black lives matter riots and all that so right there as you can see plain as day we are down in terms of officer staffing from january of 2023 which is the beginning of last year to january of 2020 which is pre-black lives matter rights pre-pandemic. We're down about 4.6% nationwide obviously some departments like the lapd are down around 10 percent the mypd is also down in significant numbers but as you can see despite sam cedar being in denial of this fact police officers are down nationwide and that coincides with a dramatic crime increase but it actually goes a bit further than that because sam said we would need to see officers being rehired or officers being hired at increasing rates in order to explain he calls it a dramatic crime drop but the slight decrease in the rate of increase that we saw in the last two years. Well, let's look it up for ourselves and see if that's actually the case so in the year 2022 police departments saw 35 percent more sworn officers hired than in 2020 now 2020 outlier year pandemic black lives matter riots etc but this is actually 5.6 percent more than in 2019 now despite this fact staffing levels do continue to decline as a greater number of law enforcement officers resign and 47% more officers resigned in 2022 than did in 2019. Now, by the way, they're actually counting resignations and early retirements in the same bucket right there. So let's be clear. Sam is wrong about officers resigning and leaving the force. That did happen. It still continues to happen. And he's also wrong about the fact that police departments aren't trying, and in some cases, increasing their level of hiring in response to this, which we also see by the data the
5: anti-george floyd effect where people or cops were rehired in the same numbers that they were supposedly fired even though they weren't um and that's why crime has dropped so dramatically
3: so sam could talk all smugly right there but everything he just said is wrong and not supported by the facts
5: or what may have happened is that we've been on a steady decline of crime in this country for decades now and we had this really strange event that completely
6: twisted society around and made people desperate and
5: made people desperate maybe drove people crazy in some instances i'm not saying like clinically but like pressure and and then they're looking like i can't go to work or like this work that i have they're willing to like you know subject me to, to 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 death or a million people have died plus in this country and nobody seems to give a crap so why can't i go steal a car who knows
3: so two things about this portion of the clip that make me laugh first and foremost uh sam has no understanding of the criminal mind and i find that to be hilarious he thinks that people were looking at the cnn ticker the number of people died as reported by cnn and thinking wow All those people died, therefore I commit Grand Theft Auto. That's the most ridiculous and stupid thing I've ever heard. But then again, when you think about Sam Cedar's position, you think about how he grew up, you think about how Emma Viglin grew up, you understand how this could make sense to people like them. Number two, I never said that the pandemic—in fact, I specifically said the opposite—didn't have an impact on people's behavior and isn't probably a contributing factor to crime. Now, this hypothesis is not a very strong hypothesis, considering that when the pandemic actually started, crime plummeted dramatically, and it only started to spike after the Black Lives Matter riots and after reforms were instituted and all that, but, you know— It probably was still a factor. It probably still had some impact. You had all these people home that could have been working, could have been going to school and all that, and their lives were upended. So sure, that was a contributing factor.
5: What the mental uh, um, processes were, but that it was a function of this pandemic. And now we have crime dropping, assuming the past two months have stayed on course uh, for the rest of the year to 50-year historic lows.
3: Again, he just asserts that 50-year historic low number with so much confidence, even though, again, I've already shown that the 1970s, 50 years ago... Were higher each and every year than every year over the past decade in the two categories that he highlighted.
6: In fact, retail theft has well, been lower new. this year, and then in most of the country than it, uh, in most of the country than it was a few years ago, according to police data. Some exceptions, including New York City, exist, but in most major cities, shoplifting incidents have fallen seven percent since 2019. since twenty nineteen pre. Pandemic, Pre- the Anic. George
4: Floyd effect
6: or right. whatever it is you want to call it. So
3: what I love right here is the confidence that Sam Cedar says that with. He's like, pre-2019, pre-the George Floyd effect or whatever you want to call it, shoplifting is lower than in the United States of America. Now, first and foremost, I want to point out that this study that they're referencing, which comes from the Council on Criminal Justice, is not of the entire country. In fact, it only includes 24 cities and the only way they managed to keep re- detail theft down to pre-2019 levels is by excluding the New York City data set, which actually shows shoplifting is significantly elevated, even amongst the cities that they chose specifically for this study. And what a collection of cities these actually are. I'm going to put them up on the screen for you, and I want you to tell me if you notice any cities that might be missing that we might talk about from time to time on this channel. So when you look at this chart for yourself, what you find out is that that A, it's from 2019 January to only June of 2023, and the bulk of the drop in shoplifting comes from cities that we almost never talk about when we discuss retail theft. St. Petersburg, Florida, down 78%. Again, who is covering looting and rampant shoplifting in St. Petersburg? We have St. Paul and Minneapolis, the Twin Cities, St. Louis, Austin, Colorado Springs, Little Rock, Arkansas, Chandler, Cincinnati, Seattle, Denver, Nashville, Chicago, which is one that we talk about, Memphis, Lincoln, San Francisco, one that we talk about, Chattanooga. Now, what you'll notice about all of the cities that I just named in terms of the decline in retail theft in comparison to their 2019 levels is that we've only ever discussed two on this channel, and there's only two on that list that you even hear about in terms of this particular problem, and that is Chicago and San Francisco. Now, to be clear, Chicago seems to have out, to a certain extent, their retail theft problems in comparison to 2019. However, San Francisco, they're very low in their decline compared to that number, and this could be due in large part to the fact that their spike in retail theft actually had to do with criminal justice-related reforms that predate the Black Lives Matter riots. But of the places that we saw increases in, we have Boston, which, to be fair, we never talk about, up 8%. We have Raleigh, North Carolina, which, to be fair, we don't talk about. Dallas, 19%. Virginia Beach, 19%. And the lead leaders are Los Angeles at 61% and New York City at 64%. So what we have right here is not a nationwide drop in retail theft. We have 24 cities arbitrarily chosen that don't include Philadelphia. They don't include Baltimore. They don't include Oakland. They don't include all these other places that we talk about frequently on this channel because the surge, by the way, is very much region specific, they include a bunch of other cities in order to counterbalance it to say that there's not a problem, and I believe it's done intentionally so. And to make matters even funnier, even with these groupings of cities, they still had an elevated rate, so then they took New York City out of it just so they could show the decline that they wanted to show. But Sam Cedar's like, oh, destroyed, owned with facts and logic, even though he does not know what he cites. And, you know, we should
5: also say, not only uh, is this the the, the lies that, um, uh, you know, Eric Adams told to
3: get into office. Now, what makes me laugh about this is that they cite this article that cites the study that I showed you and he says that these are the lies that Eric Adams used to get into office even though Even according to that report in particular, New York City's retail theft was elevated. According to that report, 64%. According to the 2021-2022 numbers, it's actually up 77%. But Sam just says, oh, well, nationwide, that means everywhere in the nation. Let me not even look into it, because why would I ever bother to check a source? And uh, a
6: final point on this for me. Let this be a lesson in people's media literacy, um, because there were a lot of folks that just ran with this because it was being reported in outlets. But when you read the details, it's the trade associations and the corporations that are making these claims about crime. And so, like, you've got to I mean, in the same way, I feel this way when we're talking about you know, Israel and Gaza uh, uh, more broadly as well. Like, you have to analyze where this information is coming from and who is making the claim and if it's been independently verified by the source. Um, and. You know i wish honestly papers were much more scrupulous about it but at least people who were you know on the left in a way or like supposedly left of center that that should be inherent and so i'm i was really surprised to see how many people fell for this crap
3: now i love the fact that emma viglin in her arrogance in her hubris is talking about checking the origin point of her sources as her and sam cedar and this entire crew of people didn't check the origin didn't check their own biases didn't look into these numbers because every single one of their reports that they're citing originated from some crappy left-wing blog with an obvious political agenda, and that's why they ripped these statistics out of their context. That's why they said something as stupid as crime is at a 50-year low, even though the data shows across the entire chart that was displayed in that article that it was below the 1970s each and every year, even with the crime spike. On top of that, they never once decide to maybe scrutinize the FBI data in any way way, shape, or form, and not even with the methods that are provided to us to look at this data in particular. Now, I've discussed this, but there was actually a big problem with the Uniform Crime Report in 2022. In fact, there were significantly less reporting of crimes to the police than there was in previous years. So we actually saw great disparities between what the Uniform Crime Report brought us and between what was provided to us by the National Crime Victimization Survey. And for many crimes, except for homicide, because victims of homicide aren't very good at filling out surveys, this is the better way to gather data on such crimes. And I want to show you the disparities so that you can understand what we're dealing with. Because even some of the drop that we saw in 2022 could be down to the fact that we saw a significant drop in reporting, not an actual violent crime or property crime. Now, by the way, ironically, this report can also be found on the Council on Criminal Justice's own website. And thus, they are the same people who put together that asinine report. On the retail theft issue, however, this pulls data from the NCVS and the Uniform Crime Report and compares the two, and what we find out is that according to the Uniform Crime Report, and remember, these are often not that different, and they're not supposed to be that different, violent crime fell by 2%. However, according to the victimization survey, it was up by 75%. And when we go to the categories, what we find out is that rape was reportedly down 6%. However, the NCVS actually had a 58% increase in rape. And by the way, I'm pretty sure these include sexual assaults as well. Robbery was reportedly up 1%, but compared to the NCVS, it actually was up 47%. And aggravated assault, which was reported as down 2%, was actually up a According to the NCVS, 104%. And the reason for this disparity is because 52% of serious violent crimes were reported to the police in 2021, compared to just 48% in 2022. This is a relative decrease of nearly 8%. And the greatest disparity is actually in the aggravated assault category. 61% were reported to the police in 2021, compared to 50% in 2022, a relative decrease of 18%. And what they cite... For The reason why people aren't reporting these crimes is declining trust or increasing fear of the police. This is due to the George Floyd effect, increased police response times due to the fact that many cities and localities are facing officer shortages and other issues that I've talked to you about on this channel a bunch of different times. But All of that is thrown asunder by Sam Cedars so he could take his empty, hollow victory lap, despite the fact that the data does not support his claim. But hey, that's just my opinion, and I want to know what you guys think. Let me know down in the comments below. If you like the video, show them by leaving a like, subscribe for more content, follow me on my social medias, support me via the support links in the description of this video. This has been me making the first video of the new year. Till next time.
1: Order now